Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to uh, Bible class today. Um, I was told there was uh, a big game later this afternoon, early evening. Um, so I'm not sure who I'm going to root for. I'm going to flip a coin a little later. Um, I know God does not play favorites, but I just couldn't resist today. So please pardon your pastor. So. I uh, hope you're staying warm uh, if you're at home, and for those of you uh, able to be out and about, uh, be careful out there. Thankfully, we didn't seem to get hit quite as hard as they were talking about with the ice and the snow. Um, and I'm told that uh, spring is right around the corner. Um, that's if you ask a golfer and not a groundhog, so, uh, so we will see, okay? I don't have any other um, announcements, uh, really church-wise. Uh, you should have received information already on the start of our Lenten season. Um, our theme this year is Return to the Lord. So the devotional booklets have been placed in your member mailbox. If you'd like us to mail those to you, just call the church office. We can certainly do that or just swing by during the week. We've also provided a calendar uh, especially to be used if you have children at home. It's got a little activity um, and uh, something you can do each day uh, starting Ash Wednesday all the way through Easter Sunday. And then just a reminder as well that our Lenten Wednesday services then will begin with Ash Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, that will be a divine service, as has been our history and custom here. And we will still offer the imposition of ashes for those that so desire it. That'll start at 6.45 p.m. So if you are coming to the service, uh, just get here a little earlier. And um, it's a blessed, uh, blessed time of year, time of repentance and returning to the Lord. And then the Wednesdays after that, services will be at 7 o'clock. Uh, all the way through Holy Week. Uh, one special announcement that just came across the wire here a couple of days ago. We have a missionary that we've been supporting uh, in the Dominican Republic, uh, close ties uh, actually with uh, um, uh, the Feenies, uh, Solvay's uh, nephew, um, and that's uh, Reverend Dr. David Preuss, uh, who serves as both a missionary and seminary professor uh, down in the Dominican Republic. They will be uh, coming to visit us on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. And um, so they'll be traveling through. This is part of their home service. So uh, once a year, the missionaries usually take about a month or so to come and visit family, to visit churches, uh, to share their work, and to raise some additional support. And so just with the travels, um, that's when they're going to be here. So on Monday, Thursday, what we're going to do is probably pay attention to the upcoming announcements, 5.30 or 6 o'clock, for those who so desire, um, we will have uh, uh, Dr. Preuss uh, do a short presentation, probably 45 minutes, uh, an update on what's going on in the Dominican Republic. That'll be here in the fellowship hall. Uh, we'll spread you out. If you want to carry in your own food or supper for that night, uh, feel free to go ahead and do that. And then we, of course, will live stream, uh, record, making it online uh, for those uh, who are still at home. So Monday, Thursday, uh, Holy Thursday, that's uh, April 1st. And this is not April Fool's. This is really taking place. So Pastor Preuss and his family will be here then those two days. Okay? Pastor Grady, any other brief announcements? Okay. All right. Who are you rooting for today, Pastor Grady? Obviously, that 20 I slipped him earlier wasn't enough. Just joking. Okay. 
All right, uh, today we're going to do, we're going to wrap up um, our study of Daniel. I'm going to read back through Daniel chapter 12. We did that last week, but there's a few things I want to highlight. Um, we're going to do a brief review on that. And as long as there are no other pressing questions from our study of Daniel uh, that you will call or email me with, then uh, next week uh, we will jump into now our study of Revelation. Okay, so that's kind of kind of our plan moving forward, but... Uh, we're not locked and loaded on any particular uh, uh, thing. Oh, there is one more thing I forgot to mention. Yesterday we had a circuit uh, meeting for our uh, circuit of the English district, and um, we it was a very short meeting. Uh, we re-elected Reverend Chad Troughton as our circuit visitor, um, so this will be his third and final term. Um, what we don't know yet, for those of you that follow conventions and district and synod stuff, is whether we will be having uh, district convention this summer and synodical convention next summer, or whether all of that will be pushed back by a year. Okay, so uh, because of COVID and some other things, uh, there has been a, uh, a vote that has gone around on pushing that back, and we'll see how that goes. Okay, good, good. Let's, uh, let's pray. The Lord be with you. Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless your word where it is proclaimed. May it be a word to convert those not yet your own and to strengthen uh, and encourage and bring to maturity and knowledge those whom you have called and those whom you continue to feed uh, from your pulpit, from your table. Uh, bless us this day as we conclude our study of Daniel, all these things that point and testify to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Okay, Daniel chapter 12. Before I read this real quick, um, I've got some dates up here on the board. So 722 uh, BC, uh, this is when um, Samaria uh, falls to Assyria. Okay, so this kind of sets the stage um, for uh, Daniel's portion of the Babylonian captivity. Uh, in 605, that's when Daniel... And the rest of the Judeans um, are exiled, are taken away to Babylon. And remember that uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, was not first king. He was the son of the king. He was actually a general. And so he would have been the one that actually went into Jerusalem and conquered, um, took away uh, some of the uh, uh, vessels from the temple, um, those sorts of things. So Daniel's story, if you will, begins around 605, and again, we don't know exactly how old he was. Uh, most likely, he was, uh, most conservative scholars place his age 17, 18 years of age. Uh, could have been a little older, okay? Uh, 586 B.C., um, this is, well, that's not, did I, what did I do with my dates here? I don't know why I got 586 on there. That's a separate one. Okay, so 5, this should be 538. Um, so fast forward now to Cyrus. This is after uh, the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, and then we had Darius in there. We had uh, uh, Belshazzar before that. Uh, Cyrus, uh, Cyrus's decree, uh, which is that, boy, I cannot write today. Cyrus's decree was in 538 that they could return, okay? Okay. So 605 to 538, um, and then 536 is where we pick up now 
uh, in chapter 12 of Daniel, the last chapter. This is Daniel's final vision. Okay? Now, the temple itself, so Cyrus not only allowed the exiles to return, uh, but also provided uh, financially for the rebuilding of the temple, um, and uh, that took a long time. Uh, the temple was not completed until 516, just so you know. And this would be which temple? There were three of them. Let's see how some of you might. Very good. Very good. This is the second temple. So the first temple was built by Bible trivia, Solomon, right? Son of David. David wanted to build it, uh, but God said, no, uh, your son's going to build it. And so Solomon built the first temple. Uh, of course, that was uh, sacked and desecrated and torn down. And so this is now the second temple, okay? Uh, which again, uh, later on, actually we could fast forward just a little bit to 167 B.C. 167, do you remember the guy we talked about him last week when we did a little bit of study of the Antichrist? Uh, what was his name? Antiochus, very good. So in 167 A.B., A.D., uh, B.C., sorry, just ignore me. I'm so excited for the football game later, I can't talk straight. Uh, so 167 B.C., uh, Antiochus, this, this leads up to the time of the Maccabees. Um, and you can read a little bit about this history if you have the Apocrypha. These are the books between the Old Testament and the New Testament. However, uh, we do not believe they are divinely inspired, um, and so that's why they're normally not included in our Bibles. Luther encourages us to read them and study them. Uh, and there's actually, uh, just uh, a few years ago, CPH came out with a translation of the Apocrypha along with a study guide. I have it on my shelf, and I've been threatening to do a Bible study on it for several years now. Um, so maybe after we get through Revelation, we might pick up the Apocrypha. That might be good just to kind of look at some of the history on it. Um, but if you want to do some study on your own, go to CPH or come see me in my office, and I'll, I'll let you uh, steal my books uh, and, or borrow them. Okay. Um, so that's just kind of rough time frame on what's going, what's going on there. In the midst of all of this, what we have learned about Daniel is he served, obviously, under several kings, several administrations. Daniel remained faithful always to God, to the one true God, uh, faithful in his uh, beliefs uh, and even in the practice of his faith. So don't forget the, the two big stories from Daniel, of course, as we get Daniel in the lion's den, uh, where he's, he's thrown there and the Lord preserves him. Um, um, there is, is one that protects him. Uh, you've also got his other buddies, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, who are uh, uh, rescued from the fiery furnace, um, and God preserves them in the midst of that. Uh, so this gives us great hope and comfort. One of the themes throughout all of Daniel is the divine man, uh, the angelic figure or figures that not only speak to Daniel, but also provide protection, okay? And as we talked about through our study, um, one of these could have been the pre-incarnate Christ. We don't know for sure. At the very least, we certainly do learn about how angels carry out uh, the work of God to protect and provide for his people. So two key angels that we hear about in the book of Daniel or have heard about are Michael and Gabriel, okay, um, archangels. Um, and so Daniel is, is very Christocentric, uh, pointing forward to Christ who is to come. 
uh, but at the same time, the one true God who works through the Logos, through the Word. And Daniel, of course, as a prophet, is given this Word. It sustains him. Uh, it sustains the people. And, uh, and surely, as well, converted a lot of people even in Babylon. Because keep in mind that uh, most conservative scholars, and I would be one of them, would say that the wise men who came to visit baby Jesus were from that area. <laughs> we're from Babylon itself. Okay, If we could put the map up on the screen real quick. If you have the study Bible, um, just to give you an idea, just kind of pull the map down here. Okay, So we've got uh, Jerusalem, obviously, over here. Okay, So we're talking about the area of Babylon. We're really talking about um, Iran, Iraq, uh, is how probably we could best describe it in today's modern map terms, okay? Um, and uh, uh, so God's people continued to return back to Jerusalem really over a period of about the next, next hundred years. So the study Bible says 538 to 434. 538, of course, uh, was the decree of Cyrus, okay? And if you scroll on down, there's just two little paragraphs that are good for us to just review. Um, so the empire founded by Cyrus II, or the Great, is called the um, Archimedes Persian Empire to distinguish it from the later Parthians and Sassanids, also based in Persia. This is one of the largest empires of the ancient world, exceeding both the Roman Empire and the Empire of Alexander. Persia had been subject to Media. Cyrus defeated Media, Lydia, and Babylon, casting himself as the savior of conquered nations and allowing religious tolerance, which Rome ironically did later. They learned a little something uh, from Cyrus. Uh, Cyrus also allowed exiles from Judah to return to their homeland. Now, the early period of the Persian Empire, uh, 559 to 45 BC, BC, consisted of expansion under Cyrus II, uh, Cambyses II, and Darius I, the Great, including the annexation of Egypt. The middle period, 45 to 358, saw culture flourish under Xerxes I, Artaxerxes, Darius II, and Artaxerxes II. Remember, I think it was last year we went through and looked at all the first, second, thirds, and fourths, right, of kings um, and, uh, and how they were named. During this time, the Persians fought the Greeks in the Greco-Persian Wars and then alternately supported feuding Greek city-states in the Peloponnesian War. The decline of the Persian Empire around 358-330 BC came under Artaxerxes III and Darius III. Okay, so there is some. <clears throat> the only reason I wanted to pull pull that up and mention that, you know, when you study, um, you know, uh, world civilization and just the history, uh, especially with the the Greco-Peloponnesian Wars and everything leading up uh, to Rome and that which follows later. There's wonderful correlation between what's going on in the book of Daniel. And, of course, uh, the, uh, the information that God directly gives Daniel, the prophecies, pertain to this turmoil. Because the last thing I want to do in review, and you might want to do this later today or tomorrow, go back to the beginning of Daniel and look at the, the first dream that he interprets for Nebuchadnezzar. Do you remember what it was? It was a statue of a man, basically. Okay. So I'm not an artist, so we're just, there we go. There's my happy man. He's happy because the Chiefs won their second Super Bowl in a row, okay? Um, all right, and he's, he's got some, some nice feet here. Okay, if you remember the vision, how was the, the man described in that first vision? I mean, we go back and look at it. It was divided up into four parts, very good, okay? One, two, three, four, 
okay? Uh, different materials, metals, okay, stone, um, and we connected all that uh, pointing forward. Um, you know, the, the Romans are kind of looked at as the uh, last uh, group, okay? Um, but in the midst of that, there is, you know, a Christ figure uh, that yet remains and uh, is given all authority and control. Um, and so we, we looked briefly many, 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 many moons ago. <laughs> we looked at these different layers and connected them to the different um, uh, nations or empires or leaders that took place. Okay, um, All of it kind of comes to, to head you know, kind of in the middle with Antiochus. Um, and we talked a little bit about the Antichrist. He will work against the church. And obviously Antiochus was the one who tore down, uh, desecrated the temple by putting idols uh, to Zeus. Um, okay? All right, any questions or comments on any of that? Okay. Let's, uh, let's jump into Daniel chapter 12 and just follow along. I'm just going to read through it. It's a short chapter. And then I want to spend the rest of our time uh, today highlighting a few things. 12 verse 1. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a long time, that, I'm sorry, it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And I'm just going to interrupt right here. Is Daniel most concerned about the actual time frame or about something else? Daniel's question pertains to when or what? What? Okay? So, so Daniel now here is uh, objectively concerned and thinking, what shall be the outcome of all of these things? So Daniel's not really concerned about the when. He's concerned about the what. What shall be the outcome? Just, just hang on to that, and we'll, we'll kind of cover that. He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. So this sounds a little bit like, uh, uh, what is it, Luke, uh, Luke 17, or is it 18? Which one is uh, Lazarus? Uh, Jesus tells the uh, parable of the rich man and Lazarus, or is that 19? My brain is all muddled up by a football game today. So regardless, um, the, 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 my point here is that, you know, everything that Daniel needs to know is going to be found where? 
What is the man telling him? In that which has been given. Everything Daniel needs to know is in the book that has been shut up, that has been given. So the reason I reference the parable of the rich man Lazarus is the rich man who's in hell, okay, uh, wants uh, Jesus to send Lazarus back to the earth to appear to his brothers and convince them that heaven and hell is real, that there actually is a God, right? And, and of course, Jesus says there's no crossing over, you know. And then not only that, he continues, uh, you know, through the mouth of Abraham saying, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them read them, okay? So if you want to come to faith in Jesus, uh, you're not going to come to faith by dreams, visions, miracles, you're going to come to faith by the Word, because Scripture says the Holy Spirit works through the Word. Got it? Um, and so we hear that echoed here in Daniel, which, which really makes Daniel such a marvelous book. So the answers to Daniel's questions are going to be found where? In the Word, okay? That, that's a good point for you to take away. Um, Many shall purify themselves, verse 10, and make themselves white and be refined, right? And of course, uh, purity, holiness, white, um, that's, that's done by the Holy Spirit. This is a connection to baptism. Uh, Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. This is a connection to justification, that which Jesus provides. But the wicked shall act wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, right? So one cannot come to faith or understanding but by the Holy Spirit, Okay, you can't, can't come to that on your own. But those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, so this is now prophetically looking forward to when the temple uh, will no longer, and this happened in 70 AD, Jesus prophesies it as well, that the temple is going to be destroyed and there's not, there hasn't been any burnt offerings since 70 AD. Okay? Um, since then, let me, whoop, I flipped the page here, okay. So, from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up. Okay, so the time that the burnt offerings stop, so let's just put, just for fun, 70 AD, okay. So, from the time that the, the temple is destroyed, okay, uh, could be 70 AD, it could also be when. When also did the, the uh, burnt offering stop? That would have been just after Daniel's time. I just had it up here earlier. Very good. So 167 A.D. Okay? So if we're using Scripture to interpret Scripture, uh, and obviously from, from what we know, history, which helps, okay, it's either 167 or 70 A.D. Okay? So from this time until when? What's it say there in the text? Remember when we, co we covered this? The abomination of the Tampa Bay Buck, I'm sorry, of, of desolation. <laughs> I'm just milking it today, aren't I? Okay, somebody's going to send me an astro email, say, it has nothing to do with Bible class. Just having fun, calm down. Okay, abomination of, of desolation. Okay. Now, how would you describe, this is a little review as well, what is the abomination of desolation? Kind of two things. What's that? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, specifically, okay, 
we've got the desecration at the temple, correct? Desecration of temple, which took place here, right? So now if, if, we're, if we're, if you know, and, and th this is where when we get into Revelation, you know, and you're, you're trying to interpret some of these things using Scripture, you can arrive at a couple of different possible things, okay? Um, so from this time till this time, probably not, right? That, that's probably not what this abomination of desolation is referring to, okay? We know that that's one definition. What's another definition of the abomination of desolation? as we studied. Uh, one person persons that Scripture references. Very good. Yeah, we talked about the Antichrist. Okay? Who is always at work. Is the Antichrist at work right now in our time? Absolutely. Okay? But we also do know from Scripture, and we'll learn about this in Revelation, as we get toward the end, and there will be an end, what will happen with the Antichrist? He will be very active, okay? Uh, God will allow the Antichrist to do, you know, a little bit more than he's doing now. Uh, there will be kind of a, a, a really crazy time. And that's why when things get bad in the world, I mean, when things are kind of COVID-y and, well, you know, election-y, <laughs> change of policy. Ooh, I'm on a roll there, too. Um, people are like, oh, this has got to be... You know, Antichrist, this, we got to be in that kind of last seven years or whatever it is, not literally, but, you know, but we are living in the last times, okay, and that, that's what Daniel teaches us, okay, question? And when Christ returns, we're going to talk about the parousia here in a second, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, right, and, and every eye shall see. So, so, you know, that which we see in a mirror dimly, then we will see face to face. So when Christ returns, the, the end as we know it, the, the final, the destruction of, the, of, of, of this earth, of the heavens and earth as we know it, everyone will see and know. It's not going to be secret, so don't fall into the whole left behind nonsense, okay, that's been going around for many years. Uh, there's a lot of churches that teach and preach this stuff that Jesus is going to return secretly, or that some people are going to be raptured up before the end, okay? Um, and, uh, and if you're struggling with that, email me. I'll send you some links, take you to Scripture uh, to help iron that out, okay? Um, so there will be an end, and, and it'll all be revealed. That's really what that's pointing forward to, that there will, there will come a time where, where every, everyone in heaven and in hell and on the earth We'll know, and we'll see. Okay, so somebody's probably thinking a way to get a patent on that ahead of time, right? You'd make some money if you could figure out that app. Okay, um, all right. Okay, any other questions? Okay, so the abomination that makes desolate is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. And you're like, say, what? But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. So, 
And there's kind of our, our third and final definition. This word, abomination of desolation, as we just read it, is probably best understood as the end of the days. Okay? Or just the end. Okay? So from this time or this time until here, okay? And I would submit to you because Antiochus is mentioned in Daniel quite a bit, that it'd be best to start here, okay? Now, let's, let's map this out just a little bit because there's some really interesting connections to Revelation, which comes, obviously, way, way down the road from when Daniel uh, writes this, okay? So I'm going to just kind of draw a chart here, all right? So let's, uh, let's do this. So we're going to put... So here's 536 B.C., here's 167, um, uh, we're going to put, I actually think it's about 3 B.C. personally, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay, and then I'm going to put over here this fancy word to make me sound smart, parousia, which is the return of Christ. Okay, so 536 B.C., this is, this is Daniel's final vision that we've been concluding here in Daniel 10 through 12. Got it? So there's the time frame. 167, we already covered this. This is the Epiphanes guy, Antiochus, okay, desecrates the temple. Uh, 3 BC, and I'm probably going to get an email or two about this, and that's fine, um, would be what? Christ's birth, okay? So... Okay, birth of Jesus Christ, and uh, of course then uh, we've got uh, the parousia. Now, here's how this is going to work out. So, from the birth of Christ to the parousia, the return of Christ, the end of all times, this is going to be your 1,260 days. Not literally, though. Because everything that we've, we have learned so far, especially in regards to numbers, has been symbolic. So the 1,260 days is from the time of birth until the end, the parousia. From the time of Antiochus, when he desecrates the temple, okay, to the parousia is the 1,290 days. Okay? So this is uh, Daniel uh, 12, verse 7 here, and this is Daniel 12, verse 11 here, okay? And then from Daniel's vision to the parousia, this is the 1,335 days, and that's from Daniel 12, verse 12. Okay. All right. Now, your study Bible will give a very similar layout to this. I would debate with them just a little bit about Christ's birth. Um, I agree with the 167. Obviously, the vision takes place in 536. That's, that's you know, really not debatable. Okay. Um, and the study Bible goes into some detail. If you want to do some study on how the numbers are broken down, the time, times, and half a time, uh, it'll, it'll go into detail of that. We're not going to do that today because it'll take too long. And to be honest, I'm a pastor, not a mathematician. 
Um, okay. So these are these are all symbolic. I do want to dive into a little bit of scripture, though. Let's go to Revelation um, 11, verse three. So we've heard the 1,290 days uh, that we just read from Daniel 12, but I want to show you a little bit where the uh, 1260 uh, comes from, which is important to understand that because we've had that number pop up. All right. So we got a Revelation 11, verse three. Revelation 11, verse 3. Okay, go up just a little bit. Oh, there, well, there's the, oh, oh, that's that's good, okay. So, John, I was given a measuring rod like a staff. I was told, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth, sackcloth, okay? Uh, now go to Revelation 12, verse 6. So Revelation, okay, as we get into it, is dealing with this prophetically, okay? Daniel is dealing with primarily this and this, but at the same time, because it's dealing with the end, also dealing with all this, okay? So with Daniel, we get um, kind of a larger picture of, uh, of what's going to happen with the church. With Revelation, okay, we get more of a focused uh, view of this time, okay? Um, at the center of both of these, of course, is the Christ uh, the divine man, um, the the angel of the Lord, the messenger, the Savior. All right, now the next reference I had was 12, verse 6. Okay, go back up just a little bit. Okay, that's good. Um, oh, you go up just a little bit because this just made me think, oh, I, okay, let's read it. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. This should make you think just a little bit, okay, um, of connections from Scripture. Um, and, uh, okay, and another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them down. We're going to have a lot of fun with Revelation. It's really one of my favorite books. Um, so that when, so that when she bore her child, uh, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And you should think a little bit about Daniel's vision here as well. Uh, but her child was caught up to God and to His throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of what we just read. The woman is the church. Okay? From the church, from within the church, comes the Antichrist. And the devil works really hard within the church, okay? Uh, and that's the dragon, that's the devil, uh, and we would say even the world and our sinful nature, okay? Um, he who is born, of course, is Jesus. He's caught up to the heaven, he's ascended into heavens. But for the time from his birth until the end is 1,260 days. We're living in the middle of that right now. So from the time of Christ's birth, until the end of all times is the 1,260 days, okay? 
The woman is the church, the bride of Christ, okay? Um, and uh, through the church now, uh, we have been brought into the holy ark that is the church by means of, of baptism, by means of faith, uh, fed and nourished there. Uh, Christ, obviously, comes from within that and now has been caught up into the clouds. Great reference to the ascension, okay? Um, and she is to be nourished for 1,260 days, okay? Ironically, I'm going to drop one tidbit for you. Revelation is not so much about the end times as it is about how the church is fed and nourished right now as we await, okay? A lot of people get way too caught up and thinking Revelation is going to foretell what the stock market's going to do or who's going to get elected or time and date or win, 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 and it's not. It's the what, which is Jesus, and for us living now, we ask the same what question as Daniel, and of course, Scripture directs us to word and sacrament. So Revelation is really all about worship. But I'm going to leave that there. We'll pick that up when we get into Revelation, okay? But you see the connections here with the numbers. Everybody, everybody good on that? So I wanted to provide a little connection to that, okay? Um, let's look at um, Titus 2, verse 13 real quick. So we talk about parousia, okay? Um, so Titus uh, 2, verse 13 Uh, yeah, just go back. I like to start the paragraph. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are in zealous for good works. I would submit to you this day that this is probably the best passage to summarize the book of Daniel. And I want you to think about how God used Daniel in this way. Okay? Did the grace of God appear to Daniel? Yes, directly, Gabriel, Michael, okay, perhaps even Christ himself. Okay? Bringing salvation for all people. Who does Daniel write to? Not just to the Jews, for all people, to hear and know now this God, okay? Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Did Daniel renounce worldliness and godly passions? Yes. Refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar, to pray to false gods, okay? To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Yet Daniel served all of these pagan, unbelieving kings, Okay? And became now pretty much their right hand. Um, and so he served and did very well. So can you live and serve in a non-Christian society? Yes, you can. Can you live and serve under a non-Christian boss or president or Congress or governor? Yes, you can. Okay, And should, according to God's Word. Now, Will your conscience be tested at different times as it was with Daniel? Absolutely. But the Lord promises he will preserve you, okay, um, and use you, okay? Uh, waiting, and now Daniel's waiting, right? He wants to know, you know, the what. Um, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the per parousia, okay? The parousia is the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's when every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. 
Okay, that's when what we see in a mirror dimly or reflection, we will see face to face. Okay, that's yet to come. Okay, and he gave himself for us to redeem us from lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Okay, that's a good passage to stick in the back of your memory. Or if you're someone who likes to post passages in your bathroom or wherever, this is a good one to just keep with you. Okay, Titus 2.13. Uh, let's go to one more real quick. Let's go to Colossians 1, verse 12. No, 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 let's not. Go back to Daniel 12, verse 2. No, no, no. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Sorry, I, I, got, I got a lot of notes here. 1 Corinthians 15, okay? So this is what's known as kind of the resurrection chapter, if you will. Um, if you've been to any Lutheran, especially Missouri Synod funeral, you would have most likely heard a section from this, either in the service or at the graveside. It's a great chapter. I would continue to reread it uh, for yourself uh, and, and keep it there in your mind. Um, we're not going to read through the whole chapter because we don't have time. Go down to verse 20. I just want to cover the last 20 to 23. And I just what I want you to see is that everything that Daniel prophesies comes to pass... And the words now, you know, Scripture interprets Scripture, we see this wonderful correlation between Old Testament and New Testament. It's just, it's just simply marvelous. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Okay? Now, we'll stop there, and I kind of grab those in the middle of that whole chapter. And let's go to Daniel 12, verse 2, and look at a couple of things that are going on to conclude our study for today. So Daniel 12, verse 2. Here we've got, uh, obviously, you know, many centuries before. Verse 2 reads, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake shall arise. This is the resurrection of all flesh. Okay? Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So those with faith now will rise to new life. Uh, those who do not have faith, uh, eternal damnation. So this is, you know, as Jesus tells it with the parable of the uh, rich man and Lazarus. Okay? Um, and then and, and uh, Daniel now is connected to go to 12 verse 13, the end of the chapter, and look at what uh, Jesus, what God says to, to, to uh, Daniel there in verse 13. Go your way until the end, meaning live in your vocation, do the work that God has given you to do, right? Uh, walk the path that will be laid out for you, and then listen to these words, and you shall rest, Daniel, you shall rest. This is the sleep. Daniel, you're going to die, but you will rest from your labors, Okay? And not only that, Daniel, you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Okay? So God has a place prepared at the end of the days, okay, and the resurrection, the new heaven, new earth for each of us. And there's an allotted place. And we talked about this before. You know, don't worry about where you're going to be or what your place will be. That will be revealed to us. And guess what? Scripture says you will be content with whatever that is. Okay? And remember, the disciples, when Jesus is talking about all this, they argue amongst themselves. You know, who, can we sit at your right hand, Jesus? Or we want to be the guy that's in charge, right? 
Uh, we want to be sitting right there at the table with you. We don't have to be want to be the guy that's serving the food or, or doing dishes in the kitchen. And, and Jesus says, you know, uh, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, right? So our job as Christians is to be servants one of the other, not to try and attain to some lofty position. And then to trust that, yes, God is the God of order. Even at the end, there will be an order, okay? Um, but you will be blessed, okay? All right? Um, oh, how much time? We're out of time, okay. Um, so that's a great promise to Daniel in the midst of that. Uh, and then look at, at uh, just uh, uh, back to the beginning of 12.13, go. And the word here um, in, uh, and this, this is now Hebrew portion, Aramaic was the middle of Daniel. Um, this echoes now Matthew 28, Go, imperative, and make disciples of all nations. So now to Daniel, God is, is pretty much saying the same thing. Go, okay? Continue to do your work. Make sure these words are written down and shut up so other people can read them so that these visions and this information given by God will now strengthen them, okay? So thus, Daniel is really sacramental uh, in terms of the power and efficacy, the didymus and exousia, power and authority of God's word given through Daniel for his people. Okay? All right. Um, one more good thing to do if you do have the Lutheran Study Bible, there's some uh, background from Luther that is included in the introduction part, and that would be good for you to just read through um, now that we've studied Daniel all together, and that'll tie together a few more things and get you ready for our study of Revelation. Okay. Now, really quick, I'm going to just take one minute. I've had a lot of questions. This is, we're done with Daniel now. So, Dan, bye-bye, Daniel. Okay, thanks for your, your study and your time. Okay, there has been a lot of questions that we've had as pastors um, regarding vaccines. And I think last week we had uh, a, a, a link to a short brief that was written by Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, the president of the Missouri Synod. Um, and I've got a few other really good ones. This one actually was dropped off to me this morning. Um, and I think it was written by the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, um, and it's a statement on mRNA vaccines. This actually was written back in November, um, but it's written in a, in a very, um, let's just say I'm able to understand it. Okay, so it's written for uh, people that just want some basic stuff. And this comes from ChristianLifeResources.com. ChristianLifeResources.com. Go to their website and uh, just uh, search for... Go back up to the top, uh, MR, or statement mRNA, and it'll pop up, okay? The next one, go to the second tab. Uh, there was a really good here just this last month uh, article that was written. This is the uh, Godestine's blog, and um, uh, go to the next tab over. If you go to Godestine's blog, go back up to the top real quick and show them. So this is called Vaccine Ethics, posted by Pastor Peterson, a fellow English district pastor. I actually saw him yesterday on our Zoom circuit meeting at Redeemer up in Fort Wayne. And uh, he wrote just a short article uh, regarding uh, the ethics with the vaccine. Some people have uh, had some concerns and questions about some of the stem cell lines, um, which uh, come from aborted fetuses, not all of them. And that has uh, obviously brought about a little bit of a crisis of conscience uh, for some. Um, and so Dr. Grobeen, Reverend Dr. Gifford Grobeen is a, a seminary professor up at Fort Wayne, good guy. Uh, did, it served as an associate under uh, Pastor Rick Stuckwish. But his article, go to the next one over, 
uh, Grobean took the time, and it's it's really well done. Okay, so if you want to dive into a little bit about this, uh, this is about the COVID-19 uh, vaccines. All right, and he provides uh, much more uh, information and breakdown for those that are interested. Okay. Okay, we're going to stop there for today. If you have further questions on that or you want those links, email or text me, and I'll send those to you. Uh, it's good as uh, Christians to use this thing between our ears, um, whether or not it has a chief's hat on or not, and, uh, and to trust God uh, to lead us and guide us. Okay, we good? Let's stand and close with the Lord's Prayer. Thanks for your time and attention today. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Peace be with you. Amen.